my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. All right, we have a really great, unique guest on the show today. She is a lovely African-American and a serial entrepreneur and business development specialist. She is based here in Arizona, and I had the wonderful opportunity of meeting her at a business networking event where she was on a panel and shared about her experiences as an entrepreneur. She's the author of the book, The Startup Guide to Success and Sustainability. And her portfolio has ranged from large telecommunication corporations to healthcare startups all over the country with more than a dozen successful ventures under her belt. And I know there's going to be many more to come because she's like that. She's just like this startup queen. I, it's very <laughs> impressive. She is thriving in a field dominated by men. Her name is Avanti. She steps in with confidence and pride in who she is and what she's accomplished. And through a lot of hard work and dedication, lessons from many failures, we all have them, she has overcome several barriers and obstacles, including racism, uh, and to entrepreneurship. Welcome, Avanti Entrepoint, to this episode. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Nora. I'm excited. I am too, especially because you love to laugh and <laughs> we need humor, right? When we're starting over and in your journey, I'm sure you have needed humor. We always like to start at the beginning of your life when it came to income and money and finances, your family system and take it away. Sure. So my beginning was very different than um, what I thought it would be, I guess. It kind of changed in the middle of anything and uh, so to begin, I was raised by my grandmother and grandfather. Uh, my mom got sick right when I was born. So I went home with my grandpa and, and it was just kind of, that's where I belonged from there. My mom worked a lot. She was a single mom. So that's where I was. Um, and my grandmother was wealthy from a surgery that uh, went wrong. It essentially paralyzed her. And then that doctor had monthly payouts. And so she had an excessive flow of income and I was raised like that until I was 10 years old uh, and then when I was 10 years old my grandmother passed away and I and I got a hard reality check as a 10 year old wow. Wow. that was gone overnight um, and my entire family started fighting over money um, and who had it and who was going to get it and you know what she left to who and mm. and it was not a it was not a pretty sight but you know I got that lesson at 10 years old that you know, you have to develop yourself and establish yourself right away because at the end of the day, you can be gone in the snap of a finger and then what's left behind. Yes. So, yeah, that was a lot to process as a 10-year-old. And then I had my whole family fighting. And, um, you know, at the tender age of 10 years old, I decided I'll never speak to any of you guys ever again. And so it's been me. Um, it's been me ever since. I, I do have a relationship with my mom and her and I are amazing now. Um, but it absolutely was not ever that way. And so 
um, it's just been different. I had a silver spoon handed to me. It just got taken away way too early. I needed it back. <laughs> and so sure. I had a lot of fun um, trying to explore on my own and learn. But my grandma really instilled that entrepreneurial spirit in me because to me, I needed to get it for me and I needed to make things happen for me. And, and I became a young mother. So I kind of didn't have a choice but to to figure it out and to dwell in my passion. Mm -hmm. I like that. Dwell in your passion. <laughs> that's that's where we can make things happen because we need that passion to give us the motivation to get through when maybe we don't have momentum with what we're doing. Yeah, it, I mean, it can be a blessing and a curse because entrepreneurship is my passion and and it's hard. It's it's long hours. It's a lot of work. It's hard on you know my husband and my kids, um, but it's it's not something that I can stop. And so I had to make sure that I had a husband that was understanding. I had to make sure that, you know, my communication levels with my kids is far beyond uh, a normal communication level. I just tell my kids, you know, this is my risk. This is my reward. This is what I'm doing it for. Here's the date that the schedule will calm down. Um, and so my husband and my kids, without them, I, I wouldn't be able to do this. I know that that's for sure. They keep it going. And so I just believe that communication is incredibly important in your schedule. I know the panel that you and I actually met on, somebody asked me how you control a work-life balance. And my mm -hmm. husband was sitting in the audience, so I couldn't even think of like, you know, I just had to say, I don't know. <laughs> I suck at that. Uh, I work too much. But, you know, so it, I think that's probably me flourishing in my craft is being able to work and you know, put in 19, 20 hours a day and still figure out how to prioritize my family and, and make that a job. So um, I know my mind and I know how it works. So with my kids, I went and I started a YouTube channel because we're filming. So I have to be there. Nice. So we do fun activities and, um, you know, just have fun together and they get time bought back. And I feel like I'm still productive. So it's a win-win. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's great how you're communicating with our, your children, which is really important. And that was mentioned in the last podcast with Michelle when she worked a lot too, entrepreneur. It's very important. And I think sometimes we just tell the kids, oh, I'm working. And we don't go into more detail or do like you did because you even took your kids with you at times. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, all the time, uh, especially on summer vacation right now, we have uh, I have the most wonderful uh, partner on the planet at my primary company. And so I have an office and the suite right next to my office is a little, you know, daycare video game center for my kids to be able to come when they say, hey, I miss you too much. And then they come for a day and they realize, yeah, you're a boring person. So I'm going to go back home. <laughs> um, and so uh, I just am blessed to have so many different opportunities to, be able to have that communication. But I literally take my kids to my dreams with me. And so I'm really heavy in meditation and manifestation and the house that we're going to buy, uh, it's located in Scottsdale. I don't even want to say the name because I don't want other people to know how amazing this house is. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's safe for Avanti folks. <laughs> there, there is a blank house <laughs> in Scottsdale and I literally take my kids there with me. Uh, I probably go about once every three to four months. And 
I sit in the front lawn of that house and I meditate and I manifest and my kids have decorated their room in that house and I have hired an interior designer based on the blueprints to give them their vision. And so my kids will literally say, you know, fun stuff. Like we only are eating out on Fridays. And so if it's a Wednesday and somebody's like, oh, I want McDonald's or can we go here? They'll say, uh, that's going to take away from our money from the house. We don't need that. And so they know exactly what, you know, we're working for and what we're putting in. And, and I told them as soon as we get that, then there's going to be the next thing. What do you want that next thing to be? And there's all these little milestones in between um, that ultimately pays off. And I know, you know, this whole coronavirus kind of impacted them a little bit and hurt them because in April we had a Disneyland vacation that we had planned and uh, we made happen for all of us. We were going for five days um, and then coronavirus kind of shut that down. So they didn't get to see the fruits of that labor. Oh, ouch. Um, but we give them mini milestones. It's going to be a hard three months and this is going to be my schedule and it's going to be posted on the fridge, but this is where we're going to celebrate that milestone. This is what we're going to do. So they know that, you know, reward comes with work and that's important for me to instill in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Reward does come with work. Excellent values that you are instilling with your children, like dreaming. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. (laughs) You know, when I was raising my kids in those days, we kind of figured out like you can tell them you can be anything you want or you can be this rather than like Napoleon's parents, the leader of France, his parents told him, you will be you will be the leader of France one day. And yes, he was rather than you could be. So yeah. you're more of a tell your kids yeah. you will be. That's fabulous. <laughs> well, my kids have some pretty crazy dreams i have one uh, who's an oddball and and i love her for that she's so very different from me she's very like my husband um she's very artsy and she's gonna paint and and, you know she's gonna travel the world painting and that's great that's wonderful um my other three on the other hand my oldest son will tell you that he's gonna own at least eight applebee's in the state of arizona and that's fine i encourage him i'm like what what are you gonna change about the menu what are you gonna keep it and so he's a franchise owner that i already see that in him (laughs) that's Um, great and my oldest daughter she's going to take my leg and take it over that's she's she's very stuck on where she'll move the furniture around in my office and make it hers um and so she's i i love them they they have their own little baby dreams and and it's just my job to support them and let them know that you know when they talk to me about their dreams of entrepreneurship or you know what they're going to do I just remind them that, you know, there's legwork that has to be put in. Someone in the generation has to step in and put in the the crazy hours so that you guys can do this with just normal hours. And so they they know that the hours that I'm putting in are to take away some of theirs as they get older. And I just love having those conversations with them because I don't ever want them to feel like anything is more important than them because I'd walk away from it all tomorrow. I just want them to know that, you know, there's and there's milestones and there's goals and And we prioritize to make time for each other through those goals. Right. Absolutely. That's just wonderful. They're learning all of this at a at a very young age. Much of what I learned was caught, not taught. I caught it from my dad, who is an entrepreneur, but it can still be caught at any age. Like our friend that's listening to what you're saying. Today's a new day and you can start over being thinking like a business owner or thinking like an entrepreneur, which is different than thinking of 
being an employee, which is fine. Being an employee is great too. We need people to be employees and at all levels of work. So that's that's great too. Well, tell us your your first venture or what is your favorite venture and and what led up to that steps that our listener can gain. I always say in every episode there's some golden nuggets. My favorite venture. Oh wow. So I I don't I would have a, a tie uh, because I feel like right now for the first time before, you know, entrepreneurship was my passion. So anything I was doing business was rewarding for me because I just like building businesses and, and being able to enjoy those fruits and move on or not move on, whatever I wanted to do. Um, but right now I've learned how to mix not only my passion for entrepreneurship, but passions within that. Uh, and so I've kind of, been on this journey and everybody laughs at me, but I called it the journey to 30 uh, because it was like my midlife crisis. And when I turned 30, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need all these answers. I need to know the plan for my whole life. Um, And so when I turned 30, I really wanted to analyze like, what am I passionate about? Like, and if business is that blanket answer, what are my sub passions? Uh, And I learned that my sub passion is number one, mental health and behavioral health. because my husband and number two construction and i i just love low voltage and data connectivity and things that you know i can do with my hands and i love being a woman in the construction sector because that's always Mm -hmm. been a goal in business is to pioneer something or to be a difference somewhere um so both of those i'm currently operating in uh, right now and so i own on target telecom which is a low voltage electrical contractor and we specialize in uh, data cabling on the construction sector. And so that fills that passion for me. Uh, and then I'm also operating Arizona Children's Group, which is a residential behavioral health home. Uh, and that's expanding like crazy. And so I've been able to graduate um, a kid from that program already. Wonderful. And he still calls me every single day and he still checks in with me. And, um, you know, he tells me that I'm now his subconscious voice in his mind. And, <laughs> and so I, I've seen this kid. That's I've announced four, which, you know, is not a huge number. But to me, um, it makes it all kind of worth it. And so now four kids that have come to me and have left me or are now completely different people. Like they're talking dreams that you would have never heard them talk before. And so I love being fulfilled in what I already love. So I just kind of learned how to take that blanket away and challenge myself to answering questions differently. Um, And instead of saying that I'm passionate about business, well, I am passionate about the business and and the operations, but here are the two sub passions that I have, and this is how I'm going to carry them out. And so ultimately I I want to have just a giant English shelter to change perspective because I'm giant on what you see is what your reality is. And so I believe that, you know, a lot of homeless people, especially homeless youth and, and, you know, homeless families, all they knew was where they were. All they know is poverty. All they know is homelessness. Those are the only options that they've ever had before. So if you put someone in an entirely different setting um, and you really change that perception of what the world could be, you could change their entire life. You could change their entire life. So that's my husband and I's ultimate passion that I'm going to get to. Um, but as of right now, I kind of need to build more wealth to get there and to be able to fund that on my own because I'm not a corporate sponsor kind of girl. I need to play my the beat of my own drums. 
-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm working. And that's what we tell our kids, you know, we're going to, we're going to change hundreds of thousands of people's lives while we're here on the planet. And then after our last name is going to continue to change millions. And so I just have different goals. I'm definitely different than your average 30 year old. I've come to terms with that. (laughs) It's a good term to be. It's a good way to be. (laughs) Not, not your average 30 year old. Yeah, that, that is absolutely wonderful to be as young as you are in entrepreneurial and give your kids the vision. It's like you're leaving this amazing legacy that you are going to change millions of lives, change the masses. And yeah. that opens up their minds. And kids believe parents. They they believe, and I'm sure Napoleon believed his parents, and he became the leader of, of France. So that's... I mean, your thoughts become your reality. So I don't want to give them anything but positive ones. And yes. kind of how I operate. Just create positivity and, and the rest will follow. Yes, that is absolutely true about positivity. And as we know, we've heard statistically that for every negative thing a person hears, they have to hear 17 positive affirmations. So we oh. really have to give a lot of compliments to our kids, encouraging positive comments and uh, help them reach for the stars and think about what can they do for the masses. Because the more people you help is very much in relation to your money zone, your ability to earn money. Right. And like, I mean, you and I have had different conversations where we we talk about kind of purpose, passion, and what I'm doing. And I failed so many times that I can't even count. Nora, like, I, I failed so many times before I got here. And so those were raw conversations with my kids, too. They, they don't just know what it feels like to live in our miniature version of success because we're not done yet. But they also remember um, the failures. They remember us thinking, oh, uh, I previously owned the construction business and I didn't have an amazing partner. I, I had a terrible, you know, experience, but somewhere in there, I was guided towards construction, which is ultimately my passion, And that's really all that mattered. But my kids saw me, you know, fall, break down, think, what are we going to do? Okay. Well now you rise again and you have a new plan. And, and so we rebranded, we rebuilt, mm-hmm. um, got an investor all in the period of 30 days. We we built a whole new business, got a new investor, built a viable model, uh, funded the business and began operations. So my kids have seen stumbles, they've seen speed bumps and they've seen full out crashes. (laughs) And I just teach them every day. If you failed, that's great. I'm so, that means you're so much closer to your big picture. So what was that failure? What did you learn and how do you get back up? Yeah. So, my favorite part about entrepreneurship is being transparent in the fact that we're all failing daily. There's not an entrepreneur on the planet that is like, I got this all figured out. I'm in. I know exactly what I'm doing because it's you're one decision away from the wrong one. And that that could be catastrophic, especially in COVID times, especially in, you know, this movement. You, you can say something on social media and it can destroy your entire business right now. Uh, yeah. So it's it's different times. We have to be okay with we have to be okay and I know my husband is somewhere probably listening like okay well you should probably be okay with changing your stress levels I get it I stress a lot that's true because 
I know that there could be not so great outcomes, but um, I think my biggest changes have been to just embrace my failure. And, and when I wrote the book, The Startup Guide to Success and Sustainability, which actually got me on that panel, that's when um, I just told everyone, this is how you fail miserably a hundred times. And if we were to all just share our failures with one another, we would succeed so much faster. Mm. But nobody wants to talk about that. They just want to tell you how great their life is now. But they don't tell you when yes. they were you know, living in their car and eating ramen noodles for months at a time and trying to figure it out. Or they condemn you saying that you're an irresponsible parent for not having you know, some nine to five job and security. But that's, that's just not how I operate. I'm going to fail. I could fail a million times and I would never change my path. I would keep doing it over and over and over again. Right. And that is key because it's true. Often, like, just take rags to riches story. We hear maybe the rags part, and but we don't hear the in-between part. So it's the rags and then the end. And that's one reason why I want to do this, why I am doing this podcast, is so my listener, my friend listening, can hear the different steps that people did, and failure can happen, but you get up and you go again, and you're failing, you learned. Many millionaires have gone bankrupt twice. That's the cycle, as I understand statistically. They make it, they lose it, they make it, they lose it, they make it, they make it, they make it. That's what Alex Mendozian said on a recording I've listened to. to. He's like the... Uh, residualizing, monetizing guru that uh, I've enjoyed. So thank you for sharing that about failure and that you can learn and not avoid it and not talk about it because that is, you're right. We need to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, when people come to me and they're like, listen to this concept, would you invest it in and so forth? And My first question is how many times have you failed at this and if you tell me none, then there's really no conversation to be had because you don't even have the lessons in the business yet to understand what to do. Mm-hmm. And so most people go into business thinking, this has to be it. This has to be the time that I succeed when we were taught backwards. You have to be prepared for the failure well, to take that failure as a lesson and know how to bounce back, figure out getting back up and, and getting in the fight again is what will ultimately lead to your success. Never going through it without ever stumbling. That's that's a ridiculous, you know, thought that we're going to, you know, start this business. It's going to be amazing. Tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up, you know, I'm Bezos. It's perfect. I'm rich. And and that's just not what is reality. What's reality is you're going to get up, you're going to make a decision. It wasn't a great decision. You're going to fail and then you're going to think, "Crap. How do I not do that again?" And then you find the solution to that and then you fail another level and you're like okay am I even meant to be an entrepreneur (laughs) and then you talk to somebody else who's an entrepreneur and you're like oh my you don't know what you're doing either this is wonderful (laughs) and then then we and then we just you know became that's how you get amazing friends as an entrepreneur because we all always want to act like we have it all together and we're just perfect and you know driving around in our Range Rovers the money just rolling in when in reality you know, you got financial reports that are adding up. Well, I'm the person that'll tell you, hey, listen, my financials suck right now. Who made these mistakes? Where did I make these? And how do I prevent them again? And how do I learn? And so it's just being prepared for failure. That's the only way that you're going to get through 
entrepreneur life with any kind of resilience to keep going is just acknowledging, hey, I'm going to fail and I'm and I'm going to fail multiple times until I get it right. And failure doesn't mean it has to be catastrophic every time. But even the smallest of decisions being wrong, that's a failure. Well, okay, what can I do next time? But you'll never do that again. That is a great attitude. What can you learn and move on? And our expectations. I like what you said. We were taught backwards. We need to prepare ourselves for failure, expecting it to happen. So when it does, it just, we don't quit. It doesn't take us under. And we know we can learn from that and start over again. I, there's many starting overs in life, yeah. <laughs> especially as a business owner. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Definitely. That's that's just my kind of viewpoint and how that and so a lot of people ask me like your book is kind of focused on the things I'm doing wrong. I'm like, yeah, it's so great that you can acknowledge that. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's so good. You're right. It is. That is so true, Avanti. And cuz well we want to what do we want to read about something that's just fantasy in a way or aren't we reading to learn and I commend my friend listening to this podcast because she wants to learn you that are listening I'm talking to you my friend now you want to learn I want to commend you good for you this is like self-care you're saying I've got to change I've got to grow I've got to do something new something different and it can it is so uncomfortable growing is so uncomfortable and I'm learning about work like with what I'm doing it's so new the podcast is new writing authoring a book and a lot of what I'm doing now is new and I thought oh so that's what hard work is when people say yeah it was a lot of hard work what they meant was I'm doing things I've never done before and it's not comfortable right right what my biggest thing especially in the construction business and you know telling people oh I do network cabling that's wonderful but I'm, I've always been an introvert. And so I talk about that a lot, how an introvert steps into entrepreneurship. It's, it's like you have to step out of your shell and you're forced to. And so in this world, it's, it's really who you know and the connections that you make. And you make that first great impression and then they use you because in construction, we need you know sustainability. We need uh, something that we can rely on at each time. And so getting out there and meeting people and putting myself in in different kind of positions to meet different people is probably my biggest challenge right now. And mm-hmm. and so every single week on the calendar, I'm having a conversation with my kids. I'm like, yep, I didn't go to that networking event. I didn't do this. <laughs> um, you know, my, I was telling my daughter, I'm like, well, I can't go to any of these events because it's COVID. And she's like, you planned COVID, mom. You didn't want to go to these. I'm like, yeah, I didn't really plan COVID, but um, <laughs> it kind of helped my life a little bit because now I'm not sad at myself. I'm, you know, I'm proud of myself. I couldn't go. And so it's it just every day. How do you step out? How do I step out of my comfort zone today? How do I, you know, try something different or something new today to make this whole thing work even differently? And sometimes your ideas aren't so good and hopefully you have a circle and a team around you that tells you, Hey, listen, that's not so good before you invest any money into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have that idea and it just takes bad idea, failure, bad idea, failure to finally hit that right one and, and start generating some stuff. That is well said. I totally agree with that. What I want to touch on a little bit that we talked about before we started the recording was what struggles have you had being an African-American woman 
when it comes to racism and prejudice? Um, I, I can tell you events, but I, I'll never call them struggles. I'm not a victim to anything, not to my skin color, not to my circumstance, not to anything. That's just not my personality. Um, and so I think I have a very different outlook on, on racism in general. Um, and so I, I went to Yuma maybe three months ago. I was bidding on a project and uh, they sh literally shook the hand of every single person in the room except for me. Uh, and they said, do we have any business owners here? Uh, because a lot of project estimators were going to that particular thing and they asked for owners. And so I raised my hand and they literally escorted everyone else into the bid room except for me. Wow. And I submitted my bid. I, I didn't, I even, it fazed me none. I had my little, you know, cry session with my husband. Um, and he said, not like you ignore them. I came back home. I submitted the bid. Um, and they said, sorry, we're not going to go with your company at this time. And, and they didn't need to say anything else. I knew exactly what it was and why it was. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, how do I get around this? Oh, okay, well, here's the advantage of my disadvantage. If I'm a minority-owned business, then they have some kind of, you know, federal regulation to want to work with me or incentive to want to work with me. So I went and I submitted that, and then I sent them an email and said, hey, guess what? I have this pretty thing, and, and you'll get a kickback of 13% if you pick me because I'm a minority business. And, and so that changed the game. Now they shake my hand. They think I'm so wow. great. What's the, hey, Avanti, how are you? So, I mean, mm. racism is everywhere. And yes, do I believe that it's a little bit harder for me to get myself in the door sometimes, especially in, in the world of construction, which mm -hmm. you know, I hate to say it, it, but it's dominated by white men. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, it's harder. But I knew that going in. And I knew I was going to work harder. So it's not an excuse for me. It, and if I ever use it as an excuse, then I ask everyone in my circle to hold me accountable because you knew that before you were getting in. And so I've always known that some things would just be harder um, because of who I am. But I have a partner. He's not African-American. He's not a minority of any kind. And we joke and laugh all the time, you know, about what's going on in the world and the different things. And, and you know, so we always tell him like, hey, I have to go back out to you and I'm going to send you in. And so we just make a joke out of it because I, I just can't control other people's thoughts. I can't control their reasonings behind why they would or would not want to work with me. The only thing I can control is being me once they see past that, you know, facade or, or whatever behavior they've learned. And then once they get to know me, then the tides change. And they usually change in my favor. And I'm and I know that I'm blessed. I'm truly highly favored. So once we get to that point, then we're the best of friends. And I can't tell you how many friends I have that say they used to be racist. <laughs> or, you know, uh, I'm the person that, you know, kind of gave them a different perspective mm. because I'm not scared to go there. I'll challenge your thoughts and you can challenge mine and we can have an open conversation. And if we agree, then wonderful. Let's go grab a beer. If we don't agree, then let's agree to disagree and just work. Who cares? It doesn't change my life. It really doesn't. I think that is a wonderful way to think and attitude. And I'm so glad you shared that because it is true. Well, one thing that you said about learning, because in a way, right, racism, prejudice, however you want to term it, is oftentimes learned. And I like... I know we use the word racism. The thing about prejudice, that's how I grew up. We called it prejudice, which means prejudging. And 
that is a good term for us to also use because it's prejudging. Of course, that can happen with anybody anywhere. But using a good attitude and humor and not allowing yourself to think of yourself as a victim. And I like what you said. You cried with your husband, and that's really good. Like on Sunday at our church, uh, we have a black minister who preached on Sunday about what's happening with race, racial tension right now. And what he said is, don't lose your composure in public. Go before mm-hmm. God. Lose your composure there. Talk to your family there instead of online or in front of everybody. And you take your hurts to God and to those that you love rather than publicly in a way where how does that serve anyone what can we do to end it and to love one another and be peacemakers and unifiers and which is what you are so it's very impressive that you are a woman in a man's world and then (laughs) Being a minority a African American, I am a woman pioneering a man's world. I'm <laughs> taking it over. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> they were not ready. <laughs> That's great. I was talking to uh, another African American friend of mine, Letha, the other day about how we both of us in different ways are kind of pioneering women, and sometimes that can be a little lonely uh, because most people choose the wide road. We just call it the wide road, the easy way. Mm-hmm. rather than the road you've chosen and the road I have chosen too. This has been wonderful. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to share with our friend listening? No, I just I just want people to, to keep failing and, and to stop using social media as an excuse to think that everyone else has their life together because mm-hmm. it's crap. <laughs> um, and we're all failing together. And if we would just put down the facades and the imagery that we think we need, we would be so much better, so much faster, but you know, it's fine. So I just hope people don't ever come to my social media uh, and I'm very transparent. I'm, don't ever come to my social media and think that you're going to see, you know, those fantastic pictures and those, you know, wonderful, happy family photos every single time because I post the failures. I post the wins. I, I am transparent with my life and what it truly is because I want people to know that we're failing together. Uh, and so the other day I just posted, you know, on my story, I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. There's too much stuff to do. Look at all these calls coming in. And I was recording my phone screen and I denied like 30 calls in the span of a 10 minute video, um, on Instagram. And my girlfriend, she reached out to me. She's like, Oh my gosh, I thought it was just me. I'm so overwhelmed. I do not like Mondays. And so we just had a hilarious conversation for like 30 minutes about how this was not what we signed up for. Like these people cannot call us. We're going to get rid of cell phones altogether. And so (laughs) that's what you get when you see me. I'm, I'm honest. I'm quick, quicker to tell people about the failures than I am about any success. Good. That's wonderful, Avanti, because really we learn more hearing about the failures that later turn to success. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for giving us this honor of sharing your story, the failure and success <laughs> today. Yeah, it was it me. was great. And okay, did you just share your handle on Instagram? Did you share that? Uh, I didn't. It's just my name. It's at Avanti. That's A V A U N T E E. 
and I think I'm like one of the only Avantis in the world, definitely the only one that spells it like that. So you'll find me quite easy, actually. Okay. All <laughs> right. Connect with Avanti. She is amazing. Bye for now. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.